por favor. Today is the November 28th, 2021 meeting of Hope Bible Church. Our message this morning is earthly service and heavenly glory. If you would like to support our sermon audio ministry, please click the Give button on our sermon audio homepage. Thank you. Our reading this morning will be out of Revelations chapter 21, verses uh, 1 through 7. So that's Revelation chapter 21, uh, verses 1 through 7. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth passed away. And there is no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men, and he will dwell among them. And they shall be his people, and God himself will be among them. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, And there will no longer be any death, there will no longer be any mourning or crying or pain. The first things have passed away. And he who sits on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. And he said, Write for these words are faithful and true. Then he said to me, It is done, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give to the one who thirsts from the spring of the water of life without cost. He he who overcomes will inherit these things, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. Let's pray. Well, thank you, Lord, for such uh, encouraging words. We so look forward to your promises fulfilled, Lord. Uh, No more uh, death, no more pain no more crying, so much to be thankful for. We praise you that you are faithful and just even in bringing us here, Lord, saving us, um, giving us eternal life and the ability to worship you. We pray that you'll prepare our hearts as we hear your words teach today and just build in us, Lord, as you uh, do faithfully every day. Build in us that we would be worthy of you in your calling, and we uh, just praise you and bless you for this time. In Christ's name, amen. Good morning. Good to see you all here on this Lord's Day, this Thanksgiving season. You know, it's uh, three weeks from today, I'll be having a Christmas message. You know how they just all sort of jam together and you feel like you need a break. But it's, it's good to be here. Uh, I, I'm so thankful for this beautiful Florida weather. Uh, during this Christmas season. Again, glad to see all of you here during this time. Here at Hope Bible Church, I teach Sunday after Sunday about God and about Jesus and how we're to worship the Lord and how we're to work for Him and how we're to be ones who are growing and healthy Christians. And this Sunday, I want to talk about the life of a a person and how our life is a picture of this, a great example of how we're to be ones who love the Lord then are living for Him. And I'm talking about Vicki Phelps who will soon go to be with the Lord. Uh, she's been a faithful member of this church for 22 years, which is really right at one-third of her life, so I'm really thankful for her. I'm going to talk from my perspective about her life, 
about her love for the Lord, her work for the Lord, and how God has used her for his purposes. Go to Romans 16, you have this list where Paul is talking about all these people that he knew in the church, and there's many things I could say about the list, but I'll just start with the first one. It says, greet Priscilla and Aquila, uh, my faith fellow workers in Christ. And in fact, when you talk about workers, that's the most common word that's used in that litany uh, there, workers. And indeed, Vicki and her husband Steve are workers for the Lord. It's been encouraging to be with them through the years. Now, God thought about Vicki way back in eternity past. Um, Romans 8.29 says, for those, who, for those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. And that is true about Vicki Phelps. Ephesians 1 4 says, God shows us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. That also is true. Jeremiah 1 4 says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you. This verse is about Jeremiah, but it helps us see how God is one who makes us the way we are so we can then do the things that he wants us to do. And of course, this is true of Vicki as well. So on July 4th, 1954, that God brought Vicki Phelps into this world. She was a uh, North Carolina girl, the youngest of eight children, the baby in the family. Uh, Psalm 139.16 says this, All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. That is, God had, God had every single day of Vicky's plan, life planned out so that she could come to know him and serve him and fulfill his purposes and then go home to heaven someday. That's, that's what he wanted for her. Romans 8.30 says, These whom he predestined, he also called these whom he called he also justified. The word justified speaks of when Vicki was saved, when she was made righteous in God's sight, when she was born again. This happened when she was in high school in Greensboro, North Carolina. That is, she understood then that Christ died for her, paid for her sins, and then rose again, and that she repented of her sins and believed that, the result then being that she was saved and forgiven and, and holy in the Lord's sight. After high school, she was at home for a short while. Then she went to Emmaus Bible College, which is in, in Chicago, at least is in Chicago back then. There, according to God's plan, she met a person named Rob Irvin. And, and the main thing about Rob Irvin is that he invited her to get involved with a church in Ames, Iowa, a young campus church. And it was in 1974 that Vicki went to Ames to be involved with this campus church. It was a group of young believers who loved the Lord, zealous for God, and wanted to do what God wanted them to do. And it was when she was with these believers that she began to get grounded in the Lord, growing then in her convictions. It was a verse in Colossians 2 describes what God was doing in Vicki's life during that time. It says in that verse, says, having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith. And then it was in June of 76 when I moved to Ames, Iowa to be involved with this young uh, campus church. And it was there on North Highland Avenue, uh, June of that year, uh, home fellowship group. That's where I met Vicki for the first time. And so we've known each other for 45 and one-half years, that long. And we've been in the same church for 44 years. That's why I want to share this message. That's why I feel like I have to share this message. I know her, and I know her quite well. And through all those years, our relationship has been what I call brother and sister in Christ, B-A-S-I-C, basic. What's basic for the Christian life is that we are brothers and sisters in Christ. I don't remember much about that first meeting with, with Vicki. I'm not the kind that has all these vivid memories of the past. You remember certain things. But I do remember another Christian named Joan Shalman. 
Joan Chalman was a mentor for Vicki, helped to help her grow spiritually in those years. And the one thing I remember about Joan is she loved promises. She loved promises. And promises are basically what God does for you, while a command is what we do for God. That's a simple way to, to define it. But she loved promises, and promises from God, promises from his word. And she talked to Vicki about promises. And so my whole life, my whole time with Vicki, she's always loved promises. Promises about what God would do for her. Promise about how God would then help her in the Christian life. It's the summer of 1977, our little home group of 15. Vicki was part of that home group. We went to West Lafayette, Indiana, Purdue University. We shared the gospel there with unbelievers. That's what happened. And there was Vicki. She was with us at that time. It was the fall of 77. I met Steve Phelps in Ames, Iowa. He was a freshman at Iowa State University, and, and uh, that, that began our relationship. So I've known him now for 44 years. Also, if you can go back in the fellowship hall, you'll see this, but there's a picture of, of we had a student paper called Today's Student. It's a picture of Vicki and myself. We were running a race, and you'll, you'll like it. It's sort of cute, but it shows us back in 1977, our younger years. And a picture of running the race, that is, God wants us to run the race with others for him. That's what I think about. It's the fall of 1978, and the home groups in our church were reorganized. And we had like, I think, close to 20 home groups. We made, I put them in at, what, 8 or 12, I can't remember the exact number. And so it so happened that um, the people I was with sort of all left me. I'm not sure all the reason God is in charge. But Vicki and this other person, there's two people that joined me in the new home fellowship group. In 1979, Vicki's dad passed away. He was 70 years of age. He died of rheumatoid arthritis. He had a severe case of it. It the spring of 1983. I was transferred to a church in Maryland, uh, in the state of Maryland, and I took four people with me, and God providentially had Vicki come along. That was 1983. It was in November of 84 that Vicki introduced me, and this is sovereignly so, providentially so, to a person named Marcia Marone, who now sits up in this front here on that right side. And it was about two years later, it was September of 1986, that I married Marcia Marone, now Marcia Hogan, and it's been a good thing. In fact, I was talking to Vicki, she's laying in bed, this is a week and a half ago, I think, and, and talking about just our lives, just briefly, you know, summarizing some of these things. And she said, well, that was one of the perks of knowing me, you know, <laughs> you being Marcia. So that's how she said it there at that time. But I'm thankful for that. God is sovereign. I mean, the fact that Vicki was there, and the fact that Vicki, I think, worked one floor above or below Marcia and met her and then introduced to me, and, and here we are, and three of our children are here, and our son-in-law is here. So all these things have happened. In 1985, Vicki found out that she had rheumatoid arthritis, and just like her dad. And this was part of God's plan for her life. And God used this, this, this really severe disease, to have a real positive, I'll say positive, and profound effect on her life. We know the verse, Romans 8, 28. We know it says, we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love him, to those who are called according to his purposes. And all these verses I'm sharing are ones that Vicki knows, and we've talked about them, and it's, we're on the same page in these areas here. During that time, Vicki's mom came to live with her. This was in the mid-'80s, and it was a big, huge apartment complex, about 500 units, and I was living there. There's about seven or eight units of Christians and things, and there was Vicki with her niece, Kat, and also then her mom, Ruth. And I'm sure Vicki loved her mom, and she cared and was kind and helpful, and I'm sure the mom helped Vicki too. And, and the mom was like all of our moms, you know, were in this place, and there's mom and Ruth and things, so that was a good time then. But in 1988, Vicki married Steve Phelps. 
I had the honor of marrying them, and being married to Steve also had a profound and positive effect on Vicki, and I'm sure that Vicki had a profound and positive effect on Steve. I mean, I know them. I know their marriage. I know how God has worked with them through the, through the years. And for the next year, Vicki then moved from Maryland down to Blacksburg, Virginia. That's Virginia Tech University where Steve was at, and he was finishing up his master's degree in, in food science, I believe, and there, Vicki helped Steve then to minister to students on campuses. I and Marsha, we were still up in Maryland, but it was after that one year then that Steve and Vicki moved back to Maryland to be with us, again, together, and we've always been together since 1988 in the same church. That's the last 33 years. God is indeed very good. It was around 1990 that Vicki had her first arthritis-related surgery, which turned out to be one of about 30 surgeries that she has had. I cannot imagine how Vicki has made it through the years, but I will say this, a few verses. Again, she knows all these verses I'm sharing here. It says, God will keep you strong to the end so that you'll be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Or Jude 24, now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and make you stand in his presence with a great joy. Or 2 Timothy 4 says, says um, I will rescue you from every evil attack and bring you safely to your heavenly home. All those verses. And so Vicki then has gone through a ton of suffering uh, these past 30 years. And as, as on one hand, God is sovereign. God helps us. God keeps us going. On the other hand, God has been teaching her different lessons about faith and humility, love for the Lord and joy. This one here in, in James 1, 2, very common one. Consider it all joy when you counter various trials. That's verse 2. It's the whole section. But then the final verse of that section says this. Blessed is the woman who perseveres under trial, for when she has been approved, she'll receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. So this connection of faith and trials to the fact that God then wants us to be ones who are loving him. But I want to read a couple other verses, and this is, this is my favorite, and, and again, I know she knows these verses. This is 1 Peter chapter 1, and it's verses 3 to 9, but it's a great section on trials and the whole picture. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So everything's right there. You know, born again, our life now, then being with Christ in heaven. To obtain inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. So you have this picture, you have this perspective, you have to keep this, these verses in mind as you think about what's going to come next. It says, you who are protected by the power of God through faith, for the salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. And this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while the trials we have, the trials Vicki has gone through are for a little while. Even though now for a little while, if necessary, you've been distressed by various trials, so that the proof of your faith, being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, but believe in him, you greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, obtaining as the outcome of your faith the salvation of your souls. Great truths. Again, we could spend many, many, many minutes, many really hours on those verses right there. And so God also used this disease to make her more effective with people, especially those who were hurting especially those who are needy, uh, especially those who had different kinds of weaknesses. Vicki had the gift of mercy. And along with that, she also had the gift of wisdom. So when she was with people, you just would feel this empathy, this concern, this, this care. That's just the way it was with her. 
this deep feeling that she had for people, but with that wisdom so she could spiritually help people. She was both sweet, sensitive, and spiritually sharp. Okay, that's, that's what happened. People really love to be a Vicky. I mean, she just it's the kind of person you like to be with. And, and, uh, but, but a couple more verses here that relate to this point. It's an important one. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3, and I'm just going to read just a few verses. First, 2 Corinthians 1, 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our afflictions so that we will be able to comfort those who are in any affliction. And that was the real basis for her life. She was comforted by God, then able to comfort those who are suffering. It goes on to say, to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God, for just as the sufferings of Christ are ours in abundance, so also our comfort is abundant through Christ. But if we're afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. Indeed, that's true of her as well. We continue. It's not like suffering's been easy for Vicki. When you know somebody personally, my wife probably knows this more than me because she's spent more talking, time talking to her through the years. It's not easy. It's been painful. It's been restricting. It's been debilitating. It's been de-energizing. But she's experienced God's grace through it all. And I would say it this way. She suffered well because she suffered well for the Lord. That verse about grace, 2 Corinthians 12, 9, she knows this one too. My grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. And she had God's word. She had God's promises. As I said, she had God's grace. She had God's Holy Spirit. And she had Steve. Steve Phelps helping her all along the way. She also read about every good book and suffering that there is. Stories of those other believers in the past who suffered and suffered well for the Lord. And through all this, she'd be at church week after week. Week after week through these years. And she'd be learning, she'd be worshiping, she'd be ministering to people, and she was never one, I mean this, she did not want to talk about herself or her problems, and she had problems. She wanted to talk to other people about their problems and then help them. That's the kind of person that she was. In 1993, we had a church plant, and Vicki and Steve came along with Marsh and myself in that endeavor again encouraging to be with them. We were in the same home group again. 1993 to 1996 were important years for us because Steve and Vicki and Marsha and myself were learning important truths, true basic ones. During the years one, we were learning about prophecy, about hope, about Christ's return and to rapture the church. But most importantly, most importantly, we learned about the doctrines of grace, relates to salvation, that God is sovereign over our salvation, that salvation is all of God and all of Christ and all of grace. But directly related to this is a truth that's been a bedrock, I mean a bedrock for Vicki, her life. And that's how God is sovereign over all the details of our life, and that, of course, would include her arthritis and every bit of that arthritis. This truth of God's sovereignty, that he's in charge, that he allows and even causes bad things to happen for our good is something that she understood, she learned it. That's what helped her to patiently endure, to persevere through the years. God is in charge. I want, to, I want you to turn, well, if you have a Bible, you don't have to, you can just read along. There's, there's certain chapters um, that were just, well, I'll say this is a favorite, but it's an important one. And it's Lamentations 3. And I, I would suggest to you that if you're going through trials, um, probably the best single book to read in the Bible is Lamentations. It may not make you feel good, but you start to relate. And I'm going to read a few verses, and again, um, her and Steve know all these verses. Lamentations chapter 3. I'm just going to read the first seven verses and a few more later on. And she would read these and she would identify 
I am the man who has seen affliction because of the rod of his wrath. He has driven me and made me walk in darkness and not in light. Surely against me he has turned his hand repeatedly all the day. He has caused my flesh and my skin to waste away. He has broken my bones. He has besieged and encompassed me with bitterness and hardship. In dark places he has made me dwell like those who have long been dead. He has walled me in so that I cannot go out. He has made my chain heavy. So you see her, friendly, smiling, joyful, but yet with the Lord, there were these times, and she'd read these and says, man, life is hard. Life is really, really hard, okay? Go on in that chapter, verse 19 to 26. It says, remember my affliction and my wandering, the wormwood and bitterness. Surely my soul remembers and is bowed down within me. This I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. The Lord's loving kindness indeed never cease, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I have hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the person who seeks him. It is good that he waits silently for the salvation of the Lord. She knew those. She knows those verses very, very, very well. This time, in the mid to late 1990s, Marsh and I are becoming closer and closer friends with, with Steve and Vicki. And, of course, it was mutual. But you have to understand this point here. It was a relationship with a purpose. Always a relationship with a purpose. It wasn't like we were just hanging out together. We were together for God to fulfill the purposes that he had for our lives. That's what was going on. And next to Steve, Marcia was Vicky's closest friend. I mean, they were together. They talked a lot, encouraging one another. Then in 1999, I was transferred to a church in Florida. And guess who we asked to come with us? And the only people that we asked to come with us were Steve and Vicki. So in July of that year, they put their house up for sale, and in two days, they had a full price, full cash offer. They came down, they moved in our neighborhood, and we've been together in the same neighborhood ever since that time. Really, really, it is amazing what God has done. And so they followed the Lord, and he came through for them. And we've been together. Bay Area Community Church first, then the merger with HCCC, Hillsborough Christian Community Church, which then became, as we know now, HBC, Hope Bible Church. During this whole time from 1999 until now, Steve and Vicki have remained loyal and faithful and committed to us. And during that time, uh, Steve became a pastor and elder, and it's been extremely helpful to both Bruce and myself, the three of us working together the past number of years. And during that time, too, the whole time, we're talking all 22 and a half years now, he has been the worship leader here at Hope Bible Church and BACC, and a, and a great worship leader. And during that time, too, he put together a music CD. Um, I can't remember the name of it, music CD, but anyway, it's scripture songs. And we have some extras of those here if you want some of those. But he and the music team put those together. Very, very encouraging of, of, of some of our songs. In fact, there's a couple here that I will mention, Greg and Nadja Worm. Everything I say here, they pretty much know because they were with us back in the 70s in Ames, Iowa, and can understand, but they know those songs very well. And it's good to see you guys here. And yes, our church has had its ups and downs. During those times, if you've been with us, you understand that no church is perfect. No church is without struggles and difficulties and problems, and we've had our share of problems. But Steve and Vicki have been with us through it all. Difficulties, we call up Steve and Vicki, or they call us up. That's just the way it's been, and that's the way God wants it to be. And so they've always been faithful and encouraging and supportive to us. And I say supportive, and I mean spiritually, and I mean relationally, and I also mean financially. 
very good supporters of the church financially too. And so Vicky's been like a rock during this whole time, being obedient to the Lord, being kind and encouraging, of course, to Steve and to Marcia and myself and to everybody that she meets. That's just the kind of person that she is. And through all this, she's had continued health struggles and more surgeries and more surgeries. In fact, she's had seven major surgeries the last three years. This has probably been the toughest years of her life is the last few. Uh, she hasn't been at church as much because of the health difficulties. That's the way it is. But the fact that she's kept going, and again, I'm talking about through all the years, is a testimony of her humility, her, her faith, her perseverance, and God's abundant grace. And I would also say this, Steve Phelps' Christ-like love for Vicky. When I say Christ-like love, I'm talking about the kind of love that's agape love, that's sacrificial love, that's the love that's talked about in, in 1 Corinthians 5, 13, 4 through 8 there. That's Christ-like love. It's not this ooey-gooey, you know how you feel. That's not it. We're talking about real, genuine, Christ-like love. I mean, he's ama- it's amazing. And I'm not going to tell stories. I'm just telling you in general that, that he has definitely been a plus, a real huge plus for her life and been a great help through, again, all these years. Indeed, Vicki's been a person who's loved God, followed him, and served him. She has loved people all of her life as a Christian. She's loved the people in Ames, Iowa. That was a nine-year stint. Then she loved the people in Maryland. That was a 16 years. And then here in, in Florida for 22 years. That sums up her life from back in, this, in the mid-'70s. She's loved her family, and she has a very close family up in, 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 North, in North Carolina. It's Dawn and Miles and Martha and, and uh, uh, Kathy and Claiborne and Penny and Richard and the little Vicky. That's their family, eight, eight, eight children there. They're super close. I mean, they get together twice a year. Uh, I mean, it's really amazing uh, how close. In fact, four of them were here about a week and a half ago to see Vicky when she was, you know, down and she could still talk a little bit more before came to visit her then. But anyway, she loved people. And she loved, of course, Steve's family up in Chicago area, close to Aurora is where his parents live, where Steve was raised up. She's truly, sincerely, and genuinely loved the people that God has put in her life. She has loved people with truth, with concern, and with empathy, and with a listening ear, and with words of kindness and comfort and compassion, words of truth, And, of course, she has been part of a team, this team here, the church team, in fulfilling the mission of the church. And all this, she's suffered a lot. I would probably say she's probably, I would say she's suffered more than any one of us here in this room, and by far, physically so. But the thing is that she's continued on, and she's not complained. I mean, she's not complained. She's not made excuses. She's not says, I'm going to quit. I'm going to give up. I'm done with this. She's continued on. She's been faithful to God, faithful to people, faithful to the church through all this time. Again, a real testimony. Without question, she's impacted hundreds and hundreds of people, and I can't help but think because you understand how things work, that you affect somebody, they affect somebody else. This God's affected her life, and that life's affected another person, and on and on and on. Very encouraging. Her life has truly been miraculous, all by the amazing grace of God. She would say, as it says in 1 Corinthians 15, I am what I am by the grace of God. But this time, God wants her to come home. We don't know when. It's going to be soon, very soon. Her life continues, her physical life continues to ebb away. I saw her last Wednesday, just a short time, and I'll just, I won't say much about it, just was talking again about our lives in the past and how God's been good, and I said goodbye, and she said goodbye, and that's the last I 
heard from her this past Wednesday. Indeed, we're very thankful to God for Vicki. Uh, says in Psalm 116, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his godly ones. That verse you all know, I believe, Psalm 23, 6. Surely goodness and mercy have followed me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. But this verse for us, it says in Philippians 1, 3, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you. That's a good verse for us with people that are leaving us. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you. Now, you all have your own relationship with the Lord. We, we could all tell stories about your life. I mean, and that's, that's a, a good thing to know that God works through each of us. I understand that. I just, this week, I really, I really felt like I had to share about Vicki because I know her so well, and I want to, okay? That's just where it's at. But all of you have stories. God's working in all your lives. I mean, we could all go back through the years and what God has done, of course, eternity past, eternity future, and what he's doing now and during your life on earth here. And, and God, indeed, has used you for his purposes. And and Vicky would say to you, well, you just keep loving the Lord and you keep living for him. That's, that's really the way something's up here. You love the Lord and you live for him. I want to share just a number of verses. These are Philippian verses that are all good for us, ones that relate to us, relate to Vicky, all Christians' life. Philippians 1, 6 says, says, I'm confident of this very thing that he began a good work and you will perfect it until the day of Christ. Philippians 2, 12 and 13 says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling for it is God who is at work in you to will and to work for good, his good purposes and pleasure. Philippians 3, 10, it says, I want to know Christ. We sang this song. I want to know Christ and I want to know the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering, somehow being conformed to him that we might share in his death. Then there's Philippians 4.13, the simple verses. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But there's two more verses. So no, Philippians 3 from this, this book here, this good little book. Philippians 3, that relates because we have, we have to talk about hope just a little bit. I'm not going to say much here at all, but Vicky's frail, weak body. You know, when I saw her a week and a half ago, I put my you know, hand on her shoulder, and it was... It was, it was, it was Skin and bones, okay? I mean, it's a weak, weak, frail body. But this is with everybody. I mean, some of you who have seen people who are passing away, and it's, it's a def- difficult thing. But that's why this hope is so good. It is so powerful. It says in Philippians 3.20, Our citizenship is in heaven from which we also eagerly await for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform the body of our humble state into conformity with the body of his glory by the exertion of his power that he has even to subject all things to himself. The humble state of our body. I mean, our new body, and there's four words that give, describe this in 1 Corinthians 15, 40-42. It's a powerful body, immortal body, it's a glorious body, and it's a spiritual body. It's, it's a wonderful body. So we have that to look forward to. And again, we'll all be in heaven together. We'll all be in our glorified bodies. This is just a very, very short time in this life. We all know about the analogies, how we're just but a, like a vapor of air, and then we're gone. And then we're with the Lord for eternity, future. It is so short in this life here. But one more verse, it says in Philippians 2, 9, 10, 11, it says, Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father, which is the ultimate goal, right? That's it. Every knee will bow, every tongue will confess to the glory of of God and of Christ Jesus. And so might each of us then continue on for the Lord. Might we be ones who are encouraged and hopeful? Might we be ones who know that as long as that we have breath on this earth that we are to keep living for the Lord? That's what we are to do. Then we can say, as Paul said, I fought the good fight. I finished the course. I've kept the faith. Therefore, there is laid up for me in, 
they're laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord will award to me in the future and to all who have loved his appearing. Wonderful. Great verses. So here we are. We continue on. Let me just take a minute to pray here and thank the Lord for our time here. Father, we thank you for this time. We're talking about a life, but really we're talking about all of our lives. We all could share stories of what you've done and truths and verses and how you're helping us to serve you and working with us and have relationships with other people. We, we thank you so much for that, Lord. And let us not minimize this because it's so easy to get caught up in the things of life. And here we're talking about what's most important, what's serious. On Sundays, that's what we want to do. Again, we have all kinds of things we do, but boy, we cannot forget what's most important. It's you. It's knowing you. It's knowing you, Father, you, Lord Jesus, you, Holy Spirit. It's knowing that you love us and have a plan for our life and want to use us in conjunction with other people in fellowship and in relationship with others and fulfill the purposes and plans that you've so clearly laid out in your word. Thank you, Father, again for this life. Vicki, Lord, indeed, you're going to be taking her home soon. We don't know exactly when. You know the day. But we, we thank you for her life and just pray for these days ahead. And I know it's been difficult for Steve and, and, and his, his sister-in-law, Martha. But you've given him grace. You've helped him, Lord. I've been in touch with him on a daily basis. And it's, it's, it's good to see how he continues on for you. And, Lord, it really, I can tell that he has hope because he knows that he'll see her again. Because that's what your word tells us. That's what we have to look forward to. We're not like unbelievers. We have no hope when we get dis- depressed and discouraged and upset when a loved one dies. We can be sad, but we should never be too sad because, again, we'll be together forever with you, and we thank you so much for that. But thank you for them, and thank you for each one here, Lord. Just help us to be ones who, as we move ahead through this life you've given us then, are faithful to do the work you want us to do. Lord, protect us from evil. Deliver us from problems and struggles and from the temptations of the devil, from the lies of the devil. Lord, we need your help. We are in a spiritual battle. We live in a world. Things are pretty tough out there right now. More than ever before in this last year or two, I've seen evil being called good and good being called evil. It just is crazy. But thank you, Lord, that we know you. We are to be the light of the world, the salt of the earth. Help us, God, to be ones who witness to the lost wherever we're at, whether it's at our neighborhood, whether it's at a workplace or out shopping, Lord, or family, friends who don't know you, God. Help us to be effective. Help us to use the gifts you've given us. You've all given us as believers spiritual gifts. We're to be faithful to do that, God. And again, thank you now for this time you've given us. We just want to pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Just a couple more things here, and then I want to share the Thanksgiving thoughts that you gave me too. But um, I talked to um, Linda Logston, that's Jean Logston's daughter, and, and Jean is 91, be 92 in, in, in uh, January if the Lord has her go that long. She's extremely delicate. She's extremely frail, and it's, it's a real balance of the medicine she takes, the food she eats, and she can only drink so much water a day, relates to congestive heart, just some really difficult things. But her daughter's doing a phenomenal job. So just keep praying. And the, the one word that, that uh, Linda told me for you guys to pray for is that, that God keeps her stable. That she was in the hospital for like nine days, I think, eight, nine days. And they got her stabilized. And so now the job of Linda is at home to help keep her stable. And so just pray for that. And Again, as I said, keep praying for Steve and Vicki and others who are hurting as well. And one more thing I want to mention is I talked to Giovanni before, and uh, there's an election down in Honduras, extremely important election. And from our perspective, it's the good person versus the bad person, okay? Giovanni can tell you the details, but it's good versus bad. And you just, just pray for a peaceful election. Uh, and the one side, the, quote, bad side, has basically said that we're going to revolt and be really upset and mad, do bad things in this country if our person doesn't win. So it's a tough place. It's a tough place. That's Honduras. So pray for that today, a peaceful election that God somehow brings the 
you know, good person uh, to power. And all this we know that God is the one who puts one up and puts one down. He is sovereign for his purpose. We understand that as well. Let me just read a few of these things here that you guys wrote. Thankful for this. These are, again, thoughts from people here in, the, in our church congregation. Everything God is doing, I'm thankful for everything God is doing in my life, in Jesus' name. My family accepting me for who I am. A great, rewarding job. A beautiful house. Good health multiple opportunities to serve God and others, healing from coronavirus, good friends, my salvation, my sobriety from alcohol, being bathed in love in every direction by my church family and other friends and family. Uh, every year that has gone by, good and bad, has taught me who God is. I'm so grateful for God's faithfulness. Many people have lost touch with God and have turned away, but I thank him all day for how much he loves me. I can know that what is that what it is to trust is only because of God. May the glory always go to God, and that life is good. I'm thankful for the Lord and the Bible and these verses, 1 John 5, 11 to 13. And the testimony is this, that God has given us eternal life. This life is in his Son. He who has a Son has the life. He does not have the Son, does not have the Son of God. He does not have the Son of God, does not have the life. These things I've written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. We continue. I'm thankful for God's promises, our church family, for Philippians 1.6, for the word of God, for living in the state of Florida, for grandchildren, for keeping us safe during COVID-19, for our Bible teachers, and for our sister church, Bethel. I'm thankful for every single moment of being somewhere near, far, together with family and, and our friends every Thanksgiving of my life. I'm thankful for the beautiful, special friends of my life, especially the ones who didn't have a place to go of their own, whom I could feed with the abundance of God's blessings. I'm thankful for the health God gives us for each day. We can call it today to make a difference because we know tomorrow is never promised. Indeed, as I shared last Sunday, might we be ones who are thankful. 